0: Thanks for listening to our podcast today. This is episode number two of the Rise Up Mentoring Podcast. You're this way at work and you're this way at home. One of my good buddies, uh, that's a pastor, told me, he said, I don't call it two-faced. I call it being bilingual. (laughs) And I just thought that was hilarious. When he said it like that it gave a whole new context to it because individuals look at it as like, oh, he acts this way with him and he acts this way with her, he's two-faced. But if he spoke Spanish to this individual and spoke English to this individual, it was just because that's what was most comfortable. Rise Up Mentoring was created to help students get the advice and encouragement they need to successfully graduate and prepare for their careers and life overall. Listen to the conversations of students, and successful mentors to become the best version of you. Get the helpful advice that everyone else seems to already have and that you wish someone would have shared with you. Thanks for joining us again. Our mentee co-host today is Misha Greer, a senior from Prairie View a and University, graduating this December with a bachelor's degree in finance. She is interned with the FDIC and the CUNA Mutual Group, and is here to share her experiences as a woman in a majority male industry. My mentoring co-host today is Latouris Brown from Pearland, Texas. She is an accomplished engineer that graduated from Prairie View A&M University and attended on a full-ride scholarship. As an engineer, she has many years of experience being the only woman in the room and somehow getting everyone to love her. They're both here to help you understand how to overcome the fear of talking to people that you don't know or aren't necessarily comfortable with. My name is Norman Brown, your host of the Rise Up Mentoring Podcast. What would be your first piece of advice that you would give to a new college student or new employee of a company or intern?
1: So I would say uh, just as you feel uncomfortable walking into the room as a new person, the people that you're going to be working with are likely uh, uncomfortable with you as well because they don't know you. So I found that, you know, look for things that you may have in common with these folk. I always say that, you know, laughter is a universal language. So, you know, when you laugh and you show them that you you can be approachable, uh, that helps ease the tension on both sides.
0: Awesome. Great piece of advice. What about you, Miss Misha? What have you learned over the four years and change that you've been doing school?
2: Well, um, Recently, I've been having internships the past two summers, and I've been in an environment where people don't look so much like me. So um, it's kind of something that I have to get adjusted to. But uh, one thing that I did learn is to make sure that I'm just constantly talking to people and don't seclude myself so much Mm -hmm. because that will make it even more awkward um, since that since we're gonna be working together throughout the whole summer. Um, so that's one thing that I do know that I would have to continue to do is just keep having conversation with people um and just kinda of let them know who I am and hopefully they'll
0: feel comfortable with me. So other than being uncomfortable, what uh were there any negative interactions that you actually had?
2: Uh recently, yeah. This past internship that I had, uh, there was a young lady who didn't look like me and um, she was in charge of uh, training me and I guess I, I felt like there was some negative tension between us when she would try to train me on some subjects. So um I don't know if it was because we didn't look alike or because we don't have the same interests, but um yeah, that was a difficult situation that I came across this past summer.
0: Have you ever had that same experience with
1: Well, not so much as the difficult part. So I found a way to work around it. Um I will say that, you know, if you keep getting the same opposition to where you know, you still feel that tension between the two of you. If you have questions, you know, go find someone else to ask, you know, go go ask someone else and also try to get down to the root of the problem with that individual. Maybe it was just her demeanor or, you know, try to figure out what it was about you that just didn't fit with her personality. So there's something there. So I would try to get to the bottom of that. And if that didn't work, you know, reach out to other people. You know, there's someone else who would be willing to mentor you and train you where, she, you know, she may be falling short. So try to find other people to help out. Yeah.
0: This is your opportunity to find individuals that you are comfortable with. Um, you're still going to have to get used to working with individuals that you may not. Most of them, I believe you will be, but it doesn't matter what you look like or who you are. That's going to be an issue.
2: So when is the best time that you should talk to them? Should it be during work hours or after work? When is the the best time that you should let them know, hey, I'm feeling some tension between us? So I would say um,
1: have it definitely be during work hours because, you know, you have that tension there. So this isn't an individual that you necessarily want to spend time with after work hours. So I would have that, you know, closed door session, one-on-one come to the root of the
2: problem meeting at work during work hours. And how, where do you start off at? Like, hey, I'm, you know, exactly what would you say to them? Because <clears throat> sometimes, like for my situation, I may have been the only one feeling uncomfortable. The young lady that I was working with, <clears throat> she may not have known that she was treating me or that I felt like she was treating me in a bad way. So I, I didn't really know how to approach it. So just go to, you know, uh, can do. Can
1: I have a couple of moments of your time? Um so, we've been working together for X amount of months. You know, I, I've noticed, and I don't know if this is just on my end or if you feel the same way, but I've noticed there's some tension between you and I. And I want to know is there a reason behind it? Am I doing something to make you feel uncomfortable? Because, you know, when I ask you certain questions and you respond in this way, it makes me feel a certain way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah, and that's where I'd start. I'd start with feelings. I feel like there's something going on where I may have upset you um, based on your body language. It seems like you're irritated with the conversations that we're having. Help me understand what I'm I doing that is causing that or contributing to that. You may find out they're just going through a bad period in their life, right? Uh, they may be going through a divorce. They may be going through a breakup. They may have just had an individual in their family pass away. You never know until you ask. And, and once you find out, hey, I just had someone pass away and it's not about you. I just really don't feel like answering people's questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I didn't want an intern to begin with. This was forced upon me. And then you have uh, what the root of the problem is and you can figure out what's our plan going forward. Mm -hmm. You can have a conversation with them and figure out, all right, I, I get that. I still formally, we have this relationship, so I need you to give me some work guidance. But If that's a problem and you're really busy, give me a couple names of other individuals that can help guide me so that I can spread out the load. Because if that's your issue uh, and you just really need time, you're tight on time, whatever it is, then I can help that. That's a simple solution. If you just don't like the way I look, you just don't like, you know, the clothes that I wear or you don't like that I have a nicer car than you, I can't help that. But if usually you're going to find it something pretty simple.
1: Mm-hmm. you know when you're the new person in the room they're trying to fill you out to see what your personality is and the same way you're trying to do the same thing with them so i would just say you know you know make yourself look a little bit lighter you know show them that you are human laugh at the jokes you know make conversation you know and i'm in full agreement with it. if you get someone talking long enough you can find something that you have in common. so um Show that you're interested in what they have to say. That makes people feel a a lot more comfortable with you. You know, oh, she really is human. She does care. Oh, okay. Let me tell her about this. Tell her if I ask them about themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, people want to know that you're open to knowing more about them and they'll be more open to knowing more about you. So. That's
0: good. So that that would be probably recommendation number one. Uh, What would be your next recommendation?
1: So just be conscious of, you know, they're just as uncomfortable around you as you are around them. So, you know, they may have a a relationship or a rapport with their other coworkers because they've been working together for years. And then here you are, the new person in the room. Well, they are extremely guarded because they don't want to say anything to offend you in most cases. So just be aware of that.
0: Yeah, when you're in college, you've got those individuals that are, uh, uh, they've been together since they were high school, right? It's, we, we call them cliques just because they they happen to get along real well they know what the chemistry is between the three four five six of them uh anybody new comes in now may change our status or they might fit in perfectly but first you gotta have that conversation uh one of the things latos and i were talking about with getting to know folks and and understanding them i think a lot of folks wear clues all the time the uh the, the bracelets that a lot of women wear or they'll have something uh, with the Eiffel Tower on their bracelet or they'll have high heels or something on, um, like a suitcase or charm something bracelet. like that. huh?
1: Charm bracelet.
0: Charm bracelet. Thank you. But you, you have a charm bracelet that basically gives you advice on this is what they care about. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, some guys may have something like that. Guys usually don't care a whole lot on their person. Uh, but if you happen to go into their dorm room and you see certain pictures of musical instruments or trophies um, uh, or, or, or pictures of them fishing and uh, on the boat or holding a 20 pound bass that they caught. You now have an idea of what they care about mm-hmm. so you can figure out, OK, w- what you might be able to talk more about. Now, you might not want to do it yourself, but you guys are like, I see you caught a pretty big fish over there. Like, what was that trip like? Was it your first time? Uh, is that a, is that a, a family trip that you go on? And then just start talking more about that. And what you will find is it may be, uh, something that they do with their family, something they do to get away, whatever it is. And you latch latch to the fact that they use it to get away. Okay. Well, let me tell you what I do to get away from my family or my circumstances when I want to make sure that I'm burnt out and I want to get some time to myself. And once y'all speak for a little while, you start to notice some themes on what it is. It's like, okay, my significant other drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, that's that's what I like to do. I like to pay attention, be observant, and see what's going on. Yes,
1: people love to talk about themselves. It makes them comfortable. Mm-hmm. So as they get more comfortable, they'll relate you to that comfort. So they'll
2: start to let that guard down. Yeah, I think that's really good. So I guess, so like you said, be observant. So like with your boss, you know, when you go to his office, kind of look around and see what he has in there just so you can kind of know what is it that he likes. And then I guess talk to him about it just so y'all can kind of Mm relate on something to get him comfortable with you, Mm -hmm. I guess. Most people like to put pictures in their office of their families
1: or their vacations or, you know, I have a large calendar in my office. And on the calendar, when I'm taking vacation, it tells what I did or where I went. So this summer, uh, I went on a Disney cruise. So in big letters, I have the whole week marked out. It says Disney cruise. Y- you'd be surprised with how many people have looked at it. Oh, you went on a Disney cruise. How was
2: it? You know, mm-hmm.
1: so just talk of the conversation.
2: Mm-hmm. So even even I when I get my own office, I should put different things up. You know, hopefully that when someone comes to my office, they can kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: talk to me about the different things. It shows people that you're human. You know, she does other things outside of work. She has a family. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, she likes to do this or that.
0: Yeah, it gives you something to connect with. We've got a gentleman that I went, uh, did my MBA with, and he he uh, was having a challenge with that working for Chevron. And I told him, I said, "Well, you know, do you have pictures of your wife and kid of them? And he's like, "No, I know what my wife and kid look like. <laughs> what if I need a picture of my wife and kid in my office for?" And I was telling him, you know, if you have it in your office, the most a lot of folks do that just because you work so many hours and you want to be able to remind yourself of why you're hustling and grinding and and uh, putting in the long hours that you might be putting in. But uh, for him, he was like, I can I can see in my head already exactly what my wife and my son look like. I'm good. I don't I don't need to. Uh, he did not see any point at all to put anything personal in his office. So as a result no one was talking to him because they didn't know what to, what to do with him. He wasn't a very uh, outgoing, extroverted individual. So he's not going to bring on the conversation. And there's some individuals that won't even mention the names of their kids or the fact that they have kids or a twin. <laughs> Last thing that I would definitely want to say here, though, is making sure as folks mention the names of uh the important people in their lives that you take note of that. But there was one young man that I met. His name was Clint. And when we first started talking, he said, we've met before. And I said, no, I, I'm really good with faces. Um, not so much good with names, but I'm really good with faces. I'm quite certain we've never met before. And he's like, well, then we talked on the phone. I was, based on his business, it wasn't something I would normally interact with. He apparently... Um, had called me several years prior about, it was a cold call. He was trying to find somebody else to speak to about some stuff, but we started chatting and he was extremely disciplined with it to where he opened up his computer and he went into whatever software it is that he used. He's like, yeah, Norman Brown. See, we spoke on August 23rd, 2004. (laughs) You were about to go on a trip to Vegas with your wife. Like he had all these notes. So (laughs) it may seem like a creep, but that's his job is sales, Uh right? So if his job is sales, he wants to be able to make that connection with individuals. Uh So if you come in to my office and you say, hey, I remember you said that you were going on this trip with Kendall and Taylor. How did that trip go? Mm
2: Yeah. Right.
0: And the fact that they said you're Kendall and Taylor instead of your daughters, that was Something That was just an extra little mile that they went. Now, he showed me that he had it in the computer. Most folks that he interacts with aren't going to know. Like they don't, they do it at Disney. We went on a Disney cruise, she just mentioned. So they take your picture when you first go in on the cruise. So you think it's just to put on a badge or something. Well, it's not on your badge. What it is, is all the servers now have access to that. The people that served us at our dining table, had our names and our pictures. So when I showed up for dinner, they'd be like, hey, Mr. Norman, how are you doing today? Oh, Oh, I pre yes, yes. How (laughs) Do you want that steak that you had again last night? So they would make notes about that stuff because I promise you, they do not remember that much information about a 100 people in one night. They have to have a system and that's one of the things that people do. Now, the reaction that you just had is something that, uh, you want to be aware of, so you don't gonna want to take your notes out right in front of me like, how is your son, Michael? Uh, <laughs> it's going to seem real creepy. Um, there's a guy that I worked with. He did something very similar. He came in and he was talking to me and he's like, hey, oh, look at these beautiful little girls you have. What are their names? And he starts writing down their names and he's looking at their picture. (laughs) And it's the first week on the job. So I'm very concerned this dude is going to come and try to steal my kids. (laughs) So you have to be aware of that. So I don't take notes in front of people. After we finish having a conversation, I'll go back and write on the back of their business card or write on a piece of paper uh, what their name Mm. was, what the name of their kids was what vacation they may have gone on, and then take the notes out, outside. So my tip is don't do it in front of people because they will think you are the biggest creep on earth.
2: That is hilarious. <laughs> but I actually I actually do that. When I, uh, I do my internships, I um, keep a planner with me. And anytime I meet somebody new, not right away, but after I met them, I go back to my desk and I write their name down on the date that I met them yeah. so that I can remember because I'm really bad with remembering names. So if I write it down... I'm like, okay, I met John, you
0: know, on Monday. So now I'm good. I remember who John was. So that's paying attention to the details, um, being observant around what's going on with the different individuals that are in your life, whether it be at school or be at work um, or even church, right? There's so many different areas that you're going to deal with individuals and interact with them. I know our pastor is incredible. Like he loves to remember folks' names and the primary reason and the way he does that, like he prays for everybody at the church. Everybody that's a member of the church, he prays for every one of them. Now, we're not a 3,000, okay, 10,000.
2: I, yeah.
0: <laughs> I know Why? you're probably thinking mega church. We're eh. probably uh 200, oh, okay. 250 folks. So he has a list that he goes through and he prays for individuals. And he's extremely personal. I remember telling him I was going on a job interview. Uh, on a Tuesday morning and Tuesday morning, I'm on the highway, Bellway riding to my interview. And he calls me and it's like, Hey brother, um, uh, I remember you said that you had an interview this morning, just wanted to call and pray with you real quick. Aww. And it's just, it's, he's a very loving, caring individual. And it just, that's his way of connecting with individuals. I think we hit on this one a little bit earlier, but I wanted to talk about this as well. Um, being willing to listen. Uh you said earlier, people love to talk about themselves, and that is definitely true. They love hearing their names, they love hearing the names that they gave their children, and you give them an opportunity to talk about themselves, and they will talk to you for at least five, if not ten minutes, about all the stuff if you as long as you're interested. As long as you're interested in their lives. You now set the groundwork for them to be interested in your life. They'll start to ask questions. It may be out of obligation at first, and it's like, well, she just asked me about my weekend, so I guess I'll ask. Uh, 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 I'll ask her about her weekend and see what she did. What did you do? No, it may be out of obligation, but if you have a couple of interesting stories, they start to remember. And uh, uh, the, the tip that I always hear and I hundred percent embrace is. People don't remember what you said. They don't remember what you did, but they will always remember what you, how you made them feel. I think it's a Maya Angelou quote. I'll have to um, look that one up later. But that is 100% true. There's a young lady that I worked with, Katie Whedonfeller. Mm-hmm. Well, with Katie Whedonfeller, I worked with her in Fairfax, Virginia, one summer. Then I came down to Baytown, Texas, worked with her another summer, and then, when I went to my next job again, I was working with her again. Now, I could not tell you anything about her. I couldn't remember anything from the internship other than I thought she was an awesome individual yeah. right so now this is somebody that I'm going to go talk to. this is somebody I'm willing to spend some time with, or if she needs a favor, I'm now yeah what what do you need?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't even remember what favor or what she did or. <laughs> that I'm paying her back for. But I remember that was a positive feeling. Absolutely. Give me a give me a call whenever you need something. So um, when you're able to be interested in individuals and make them feel good about themselves, that goes a long way because they'll remember you for years to come.
1: And I think that people want to get to know you you know, nobody wants to work with the coworker that they know nothing about. Oh, mm-hmm. she's so standoffish or, you know, it's hard to talk to. I think they want to know more about you and um, it makes them feel more comfortable with you.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I think that ultimately we all want to get to know the people that we work with because nobody wants wants to work with that individual that they know absolutely nothing about. It just makes people feel uncomfortable.
2: I have a question. What if... Um Because there has been a case this past summer where um, my supervisor, he was really busy because we were working on this bank exam or this bank that just closed. So he was really busy. But um, I wanted to get to know him so we could kind of create a relationship. But it it seemed like every time I would try to talk to him or get to know him, he wouldn't want to say much to me about his personal life. So after a while, I was like, okay, well, let me not ask him any more questions. So how do you deal with a situation like that when you're trying to get to know somebody, but they don't seem like they're wanting to give you any more information?
1: So maybe in that case with an individual like that, since they're seeing really closed off, invite them out to lunch. You know, people uh, let their guard down a little bit more outside of the mm-hmm. office, you know, because they feel so confined to the office. They want to keep it professional while they're there. Mm-hmm. So invite them out to lunch. That, that may help loosen up the okay. conversation. That's
0: good. You may also pay attention to who they spend their time with and get advice from that individual. If you can get along with that individual uh, that and have a mutual friend, now you can get some insight as to what this person cares about or um, mm-hmm. give you the insight. As they just may not be that individual that you're going to spend a whole lot of time with and you got to be comfortable with that. Okay. Uh, I've seen people go to spin classes at five o'clock in the morning because that's, they know their boss goes to spin class at five o'clock in the morning.
2: <laughs> right?
0: Just an opportunity to spend time and create yeah. uh, a connection. Now, I may have in all likelihood and I hope it was something that they wanted to do. They wanted to do spin class and now they view this as an opportunity to get in a little bit better with their boss. But it may also be the case they were just a total suck up. I don't know and I don't care. But the example of uh, doing something In common may create the link that you desire to have.
2: Okay, so even so, are you saying even though it may be a little outside of my comfort zone, Mm -hmm. just try to get just to get to know my the person that doesn't look like me or someone at work. Just try to do something that they like, and maybe
0: you gotta keep trying something new. Uh, You you probably you know you're in your twenties, your early twenties, and you're like, man, I've I'm grown now, I've done everything that I, I wanted to do. I know what I'm interested in and I don't want to do anything new. No, you, don't. you don't have a clue. <laughs> There's so many things you can be like, I never thought I would have enjoyed doing XYZ. Right? I, I grew up bowling. I had done bowling. I had done volleyball. Um I had done a few of those things, but there were others that was just like, no, nah, not for me. Mm-hmm. Like going on wine tours. Right? Mm-hmm. Going on a wine tour. We're gonna go to wine country and we're gonna drink wine. That's my thing is wrong. <laughs> right? So I'm not I'm not trying to do a wine tour. <laughs> right. So for you, yeah. you're like awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. So <laughs> find somebody that's into wine like me show my next trip. <laughs> right? I've
2: always <laughs> wanted
0: to go on <laughs> They've got tours of uh some of the bear facilities. I'm willing to do those. Am I a bear person? No but am I willing to do it? Sure. Cause it's not about what you're doing at the time. It's the experience of being with other individuals. Yeah. Right. Like I know I'm not a big wine person, but one of the best times I've ever had with my best friend that used to live in California was going to wine country, laughing our tail off. Mm -hmm. That's a couple of the things that I would talk about or try to do to get closer with an individual Um that you should have a stronger relationship with, and it's a good point. I mean, whether you're talking about a professor or you're talking about your boss, uh, the better your relationship, the more they're willing to forgive. That's the one thing. Um, I've got a buddy. I've got a couple friends that uh, they just big on being on, on time. I like to be on time. I've got one that's he's always like forty five minutes early to everything. Not 15, not 10 minutes. He's 45 minutes early to everything. Mm -hmm. That's an extreme, but I like to be on time. So I know like it's going to take eight minutes to get from here to here, another 10 minutes to get from here to here. So I'm very cognizant of time as a result. But because of my pattern of behavior, when I'm late, they're like, hey, bro, I know this is not your normal mode of operation, (laughs) I'm forgiven quickly Mm -hmm. because they know me. They've spent some time with me. So it's going to be the same thing with your supervisor or your professor and say, hey, normally Misha gets a 92 to 98 on these exams and she got a 70 something. I need to check and see what happened. Mm -hmm. We've had a couple conversations. I know her dad was sick and, uh, you'll be surprised at the leeway some of the professors as well as supervisors will give you.
2: Mm -hmm. That is is actually true from experience. Because last semester I was taking a course called Money and Banking. And my overall uh, grade was an 89. Mm -hmm. But my professor, or I think it was like, it could have been 87. But my professor, he did tell me he was going to give me an A because he knew that I tried really hard in that class. I was always there on time asking questions. So he was like, I'm going to give you an A because I know you deserve it.
0: You put in the work and it was evident. And now if you're on the bubble, what do I look to? If I have no relationship with you, I know your name because I always see it on paper, but I've never seen you in class. You've never stopped by my office. We've never had a conversation walking between buildings. I don't know who you are. I'm not willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. So there's something huge about those relationships um, that you're able to develop when you listen to them. Mm, They have new perspectives. That's the other thing, a new perspective on things that you've heard mom, dad, aunt, uncle, cousins talk about the same thing. And they all have the same message. And then you talk to somebody else that you normally would have never been around outside of church or work or school. And they say something that makes all the sense in the world because you would never looked at it from their perspective. Mm -hmm. So if you can look through their eyes and listen to what their concerns are and why they have those specific concerns, now you have a whole nother level of understanding and it allows you to be more impactful as a result as well. You want to talk about a little about uh, how you learned about money and investing?
1: (laughs) Oh, so like I said, um, be willing to listen. So that that is mainly what I did to learn about money investing. You know, coming out of school, young kid, didn't know a whole lot about the oil and gas industry, investing or anything, be willing to listen to people because people love to share what they know with you, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's a passion for them. People love talking about their passions. So my first mentor, I was actually an intern at the time. Uh, his passion was business and investing. So, you know, he taught me a lot of things about engineering, you know, Taught me, you know, we talked about my work projects. He taught me, you know, what I needed to do to get my job done. But in those off times to where we had some spare time, we would talk about investing. You know, I mean, he taught me everything I needed to know from what a 401k was. How do I go about getting enrolled in it? You know, he taught me about the S&P 500. We talked about the Dow Jones you know, he just taught me so much about investing because it was his passion. And I was willing to listen. Listen, it was something I didn't know. So I soaked it up. So, I mean, be willing to listen to people because they love to talk about things that they know about. And I will go as far as to say is you can learn something from anyone, um, not necessarily just, you know, your supervisors or your mentors. You can learn from your peers. You can learn from the people that work for you, you know, because you don't know everything. So, Be willing to listen and take advice from people who know some things that you may not be well-versed on.
0: That's awesome. Last thing that I would want to touch on personally, you ladies may have some more to add, but going out to eat and going out to drink with individuals is something that we often do with our friends um, and family members. The benefit or a realization that I had recently is that that's activity is what brings you together more than anything else. So it's not because you already, it may be, but it's not necessarily you were already friends. So now you go out together, you can go out together and become friends. As a result, you can go out uh, to have drinks. You can go out for a meal. You can go out to a party. And that's how a lot of friendships occur right there by accident. You, imp- you, 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 Uh, Run into somebody and now you've developed this relationship. I've got friends. I don't even know where I, I can't remember the first time I met most of them. Like I know where I met them. I can tell you whether it was at the the high school or the college or which job, but I cannot describe our first interaction. Mm -hmm. Probably not. Because it wasn't the first time that I met him that we automatically hit it off. It's after we sat in the office on a late Friday afternoon and didn't want to do work. So we started laughing about all the nonsense that was going on Mm -hmm. with some of the individuals in our department. Uh, So for me, whether it's somebody that you already get along with or somebody that you don't, uh, you can go out with them. Now, the weird part about going out with somebody that you don't already know is you need to go with somebody that's a connector, somebody that they're Mr. Extrovert or Mrs. Mm -hmm. um, Networking. If you go with them, now they start telling you all the little stories about somebody else. It's like, oh, let me tell you what happened with Fred and I last time that we went out. And now you can start laughing and picking up on some of the things that they've experienced, some of the things they're willing to do, some of the things that, um, you know, even what their boundaries are like, I would never do X, Y, and Z. So you start to get them better feel for who they are based on going out, but to make it comfortable or less uncomfortable, I would advise individuals to go out with somebody that, hey, I already have a relationship with this person. They have a relationship with this person. Tell them, hey, next time you go out with Chris, let me know. I'd like to get to know him a little bit better. And very rarely are you ever going to here, no,
2: this is <laughs> this
0: is a private relationship between Chris and I. We cannot allow you to join us. Um, so that's the one of the things that I like to do. But it's really you can help them understand that you're not just about business. Mm-hmm. But when I was in my MBA program, we were going on a trip to China, and we went to Hong Kong. And normally, since it was a, a executive program. We'd go to class from Friday night to Saturday afternoon. And I had only been married for four months. So for me, I was there to get my degree and then get home to my new wife. So when we went to Hong Kong, we were able to have fun. I didn't have to worry about going home because the expectation was I wasn't going to be home for a week. So when we went out, I wasn't worried about getting home by 12 or by one or whatever it was. I could stay out till four in the morning and have a blast. So we're having a blast. We're laughing. We're drinking. We're dancing. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, man, I have got to go out with Norman more often. We got to get him drunk more often because he is a blast. (laughs) And I was just like, no, you guys don't understand. This is normal me. But normally what you see is just like, I'm here for my four and a half hours of class or for my eight hours of class and I'm out. So they never got to see fun Norman. Mm -hmm. And then a few of them after that were always talking to me and having conversations because now they're like, oh, he's not just a robot. My thing was like, I'm here for my MBA. I'm here to get this degree, but I'm working a 50 hour job on top of doing a 40 hour program. So 90 hours a week, I don't have time to hang out with you guys like that. But when we took off a week and we went to China, yeah, I'll party and I'll hang out and I'll live it up with the best of them. I guess my niece would call it being two-faced that like, oh, no, I'm, you're this way at work and you're this way at home. And my, one of my good buddies, uh, that's a pastor, told me, he said, I don't call it two-faced. I call it being bilingual. and I just thought that was hilarious Pastor Drew Johnson give you a quick shout out for that one I know you said I would give you the credit the first time I used it that that was one of the things he said it was just like being bilingual and when he said it like that it gave a whole new context to it because individuals look at it as like oh he acts this way with him and he acts this way with her he's two-faced but if he spoke Spanish to this individual and spoke English to this individual it was just because that's what was most comfortable I can definitely see some individuals like, oh, man, he's always so serious, Mm -hmm. right? Because when I'm going to meetings or I'm going, I got something I have to take care of, they're like, oh, man, he's always busy. He's always, he does a smile or whatever it is. So now when they hear you or see you in a different context, it adds a new dimension to that relationship or to their understanding of who you are. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. So Misha, when you get out there in the working world, don't be afraid to share something about yourself because that's going to be people's gateway into getting to know you. Um, and I I guess I've always been open uh, about what's going on in my life. Um, I remember back when I was a young engineer, I bought my first house. Um, I bought a house, had no clue about anything about taking care of a lawn or lawn maintenance. I'm like, oh, I don't even own a lawn mower, mm-hmm. So a bunch of guys at the job that I was working with, they'd heard the story and they were like, we're going to take you out to lunch today. Then after lunch, we're going to go to Lowe's. We're going to show you what you need to buy and what you need to do. (laughs) So I'm just like, but if I had not shared that part of my life with them, I would have never had the opportunity to learn that from them. So be willing to share about your life and be willing to listen to others and what they have to say. That's
2: true. That's true.
0: Thank you. Have you gotten everything? Did you need you got any other questions that you would want to ask?
2: No, I mean, I think that last part is really good because I know for me, um, sometimes I don't like to share my personal life with people that I don't really know. But um, I, I have noticed that if you share a little bit then they'll share a little bit and then y'all can kind of go back and forth. And then that's how you really get to know somebody is just by sharing your personal life. Yeah, I'm not saying lay everything
1: out on the table, just what you feel comfortable with, Sharon, Mm -hmm. but give people at least an entry into getting to know you. Mm -hmm.
0: My wife always sends me to be the one to negotiate stuff, whether it's getting an upgrade at a hotel or returning a product because it's past the 30 days that it was supposed to be returned. She always sends me because... I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to get to know their name. I'm going to chat with them a little bit. And by the time, so she calls me a flirt.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm, go, I'm going to, spend, so so I, I, I object to that if it's a dude. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to get to know them a little bit. So, uh, you know, I know their name. We can have a conversation. They're going to be more comfortable with, oh, it's the first positive interaction they've had all day. Mm-hmm. All right. Everybody has been bickering, everybody's been fussing, and, you know, they know that they're not supposed to, but now they got a little bit more information that if their boss says anything, they'd be like, this guy was really good. I think he will write a review on Yelp or TripAdvisor or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They now have a reason to be able to give their boss and say, yeah, I gave him a little bit more than I probably normally would have or that than the policy does. But people go out of their way to help folks that they think are nice, likable, friendly. You have to be uh, genuine. You have to be genuine when you're talking to individuals and asking them questions and trying to develop that relationship. If you're not, they're going to know it. You're going to know it, and it's not going to develop into what you want it to be. For those of you that want to learn more about feeling comfortable talking to strangers, my advice is that you, number one, learn how to introduce yourself. I've shared a form on RiseUpMentoring.com that I recommend you use to outline your own foolproof introduction. And number two, join an organization or association that has something to do with your major or career and then network with its members. And last but not least, number three, for the overachievers, check out the book Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi for some more great tips on how to make getting to know strangers more natural and less uncomfortable. Remember, you have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. Be willing to get to know people and let them get to know you because you have more in common than you think. Thanks for listening to our show this week. If you want to learn more or listen to other episodes, you can go to RiseUpMentoring.com podcast. If you have an idea for an episode that you'd like to hear or have a suggestion for who I should interview, hit me up on Twitter at RiseUpMentors. If you enjoyed this episode... Please consider helping us spread the word by sharing our podcast on social media or writing a review for us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. I'm Norman Brown, and you've been listening to the Rise Up Mentoring Podcast.